Boston's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. All right, so there it is. My Super Bowl pick. Denver 24, Carolina 19. Trying to run my streak of consecutive years picking the exact winner and Super Bowl score to two. To two. To two. (laughs) To a very modest two. Back to back. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, Greg Reynolds took Carolina over Denver 35-10. Do you want to do one, Kellen, or do you want to do it Friday? Uh, You know what? I'm going to wait until Friday. i got a couple things i got to figure out about the Super Bowl still, but uh, I I know who's going to win. I'm just trying to figure out what my score is going to be. Well, A, it's a football game. Yes. If you're trying to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, so if I put a five-four final, it's not gonna go well. Five-four would be that would involve three safeties. Yes, in the NFL, that'd be, that'd be pretty hard. Yeah, maybe you should just maybe that's what we should do. Well, I'm sure you can bet on this. Will there be a safety in oh. the game? Will there be a safety? There we go. In Sunday's game. Mm-hmm. Inside Sports on 6.30 Ched. You can text us at 6.30, The email is insidesports at 6.30ched.com. Uh, the phone number is 780-496-0063. You can get me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Uh, Jordy says on my Twitter account, I love when you have Greg Reynolds on the show you're 42. Well, I'm almost 42. Did you play in the Evansburg rink with the bent boards too? I did play in the Pembina Recreational Complex, as I believe it was officially known. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember the boards being bent. I was probably too slow to ever get to the boards in time <laughs> to, to figure out where. Well, I was a winger, so I probably got hit into them several times or fell into them. But, uh, yeah, the Pemina Recplex, classic venue. Never understood why they didn't get an NHL team. We got a call here, Kellen? We do. Well, that's a nice surprise. Taylor on line one. Taylor, what's on your mind? How's it going, Reed? I'm doing great. Good, good. I got a good first Edmonton Oilers hockey game. Oh, perfect. And it's mine. Now... I remember it was back. It was the first round of the playoffs, the first year the Oilers won the Stanley Cup. So it was against Winnipeg. And if I remember correctly, it was a best of five series. Yep. I was sitting right behind the net. Now, I can't remember which – or no, no, I do remember. Sorry. It was the side that Zamboni came out. So <clears throat> I was sitting behind the net. It was my very first game. My mother took me there. I was five rows up. And um, – at the game, the coolest thing that happened was um, a puck came up in the air and I caught it. Now, when you're, you know, when you're nine years old and you catch a puck at an Oilers game, that's, you know, that's the highlight of your year. Yeah, no kidding. And, yeah, so I catch the puck at the game, and the owners end up winning. I think they swept that series. I don't remember who the goaltender for Winnipeg was, but I remember staring and he had a real long last name. It was, it was it, was it Storkowitz or it was, I don't know. I don't know. You could look that no, up. I'll look it up while you're talking here. So uh, um, the next day, the next morning, I get to school. And everybody's patting me on the back. And, and, and people are coming up and saying, hey, I saw you last night. 
I was sitting in a spot where at that time they had a camera right behind the net. And any time the owners scored, they scanned the crowd right there. They didn't do it like they do now where they scan the whole, they got camera, you know what I mean? Right. So I got on CBC, I don't know, half a dozen times. And the reason <laughs> I know this is because I've looked at it. So I go to school. I'm a celebrity. My uncle's, I remember my uncle, he's now passed. He, uh, I remember he called me the next day and he said, he said, uh, he said, how come you didn't yell out, where's the beef? And that was because that was the right. commercial was on with the little old lady going through uh, Burger King or whatever. Yeah. And then the coolest part about it is, remember the Shoppers Drug Mart calendars that came out with the Edmonton Oilers? Oh, I, I don't. I'm sorry. We probably didn't get them in Evansburg. We didn't have a Shoppers Drug Mart. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, you definitely didn't. Well, every year, and I know many of your listeners are, they'll remember that. Every year, Shoppers Drug Mart came out with an Edmonton Oilers calendar. Uh, they, I don't think they do it anymore. But they had pictures on each month, obviously, like any calendar. So... Um, I'm randomly flipping through mine one one day the next year. I'm 10 years old now. And sure as heck, if I'm not in June, I think it was June, I've got a blown-up picture of it. Here's me behind the net, Dave Hunter and Pat Hughes that scored a goal that game. and or, or I don't know who scored it, but they were on the ice. They both got their arms up in the air. And right behind them is me with my head up and my arms up in the air in the exact same spot I was sitting. So wow. I'm in... Yeah, now I'm in the Shoppers Drug Bar calendar again. Next day at school, I show up for show and tell. Now I'm a, I'm a celebrity again. So that one game, I caught a puck. I was on CBC six times. Everybody saw me. I was a celebrity for at least a month at school. And then the next year, I'm in the Shoppers Drug Bar calendar in that exact same game. So That's uh, amazing. That's incredible. That's Taylor, I I, uh, the, the Winnipeg goaltenders that year were Doug Sotart and Brian Hayward. Okay, so Sotart and that. And, then, and so, isn't Sotart from Edmonton? Uh, yes, he and is. Then, actually, he was the general manager of uh, the Everett Silvertips, I think. Right. Is he still? And then Sotart wound up uh, being Patrick Waugh's backup on the 86 Canadians and getting a cup. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. So I've sp- yeah. spun into a bit of a story. Taylor, that's, that's an incredible story. Thanks for taking the time to share that with us tonight. Take care, Rick. That is uh, Taylor wanted to get in there with his first NHL game memory. That's a good one. <laughs> that one's pretty, hard, pretty hard to top. You catch a puck, you're on TV a few times, and then you're in the Oilers Shoppers Drug Mart calendar. Wow. That's like the triple crown of going to an Oilers game. It is 8-12. Let's take a quick time out here, Kellen. Then we'll, back, uh, we'll be back with Steve Lloyd out of Ottawa for a scouting report on the Oilers' next opponent. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Just saw a stat here. The Montreal Canadiens in their first 26 games this year were 19-4-3, which was the best record in the NHL over the opening 26 games of the season. In their last 26 games, the Canadians are 5-20-1, which is the worst record in the NHL over that 26-game span. Oilers and the Canadians on Saturday. Oilers and the Senators tomorrow. Steve Lloyd covers the Sens for TSN 1200 in Ottawa. Steve, thanks for making time for us tonight. How are you doing? 
Good. Thanks for having me. Well, and I know you're fitting me in on a very uh, busy evening because are, are you not on the way to your, your beer league hockey game right now, or is beer league it's, understating the, qual- the caliber of the play? <laughs> yeah, it's a four-team league. We play once a week, and uh, beer league pretty much sums it up, but it's very important, very important stuff, as you know. <laughs> nice. Four-team league. So you're almost guaranteed a medal at the start of the year, almost. Everybody makes the playoffs. It's all about seeding, and uh, yeah, it is a beer league. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I assume that back checking is discouraged. And uh... <laughs> well, if, you, if you get caught blocking a shot, you're cut. You're not asked to come out. Well, like, that's it. You, you, you shot block. You back check. You chirp anybody else who, who maybe does a swan turn and, and stop and start instead of forget it. No, you're done. Yeah. You're done. Well, it's funny you should mention that because a lot of people think that shot blocking should be outlawed in the NHL. I don't know how you would possibly do that, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is a thought. Bob Ganey floated that uh, about a decade ago, and it's, a few people have mentioned it since, and I, I can't even imagine that that could happen. No, that'd be a pretty hard thing to, to legislate uh, for sure. Uh, to segue into the team that you talk about on a daily basis, the Ottawa Senators may be uh, a team in need of a few more blocked shots, whether it's by a defenseman, forward, goaltender, water boy, whoever. I mean, what is it the last eight or nine games? They've allowed seven. They've allowed six a couple times. I think five a couple of times. What is going on with the goals against for the Senators? Well, on the surface, uh, yeah, they're the worst team in the league. I think Columbus is actually the only team that's given up more goals at this point uh, than the Ottawa Senators. And lately it's been really bad. Um, But, on the surface, people might just casually view the Senators think it might be goaltending. It's not goaltending. Craig Anderson has been excellent uh, all season long. And Andrew Hammond, when he's played as well, and he's been hurt for a bit, he's played well, uh, too. It's not a goaltending issue. They give up so many quality chances on a nightly basis. And it's baffling to the coaching staff. Um, you, you can only talk about systems so much. It was interesting at practice today, and I, and I do the show uh, from the rink, and we watch practice during the show each and every day during the week. Uh, there was a lot of battle drills, and it was pretty simple. And what Dave Cameron's been preaching lately, he mentions the word grind uh, and battle a lot. And there was just a lot of one-on-one battles, and, uh, and and that's what a big part of the practice was today. You can preach systems and who has who and what have you, but it comes down to win your shift win your battle against the other guy. And that was really the message today. And it, it was kind of an interesting day of practice because they played in Pittsburgh the night before. You fly in, you get in the middle of the night, you have a practice today, and you got to play Edmonton tomorrow night. Usually that's not a work day kind of practice, right? Mm-hmm. It was today. And that was kind of the message. Okay, interesting stuff. Well, yeah, I, I, you, you look at where the Senators are, and 23, 22, and 6, uh, 52 points and I believe 23rd overall in the NHL. The trade deadline's starting to sneak up on us here. Do you get mm-hmm. a sense of anything this team might try to do or maybe not get involved in as the deadline approaches? Well, I don't think anything's really changed on that front in that Brian Murray has said all along he's been looking for another top six forward to get in line, right, in, in the NHL. There's a lot of teams looking for that, and, and that hasn't changed. Um, but they need a defenseman. They really need another defenseman. It's all about slotting. Um, they've got their, their superstar, their all-world guy, 
Eric Carlson, he's ahead of the snake in the blue line. That's quite obvious. Mark Mathot, he's been out for the last five games of injury. I think it's a pretty good chance he, he returns and plays tomorrow night. Uh, very good NHL defenseman, very steady. You know what you're going to get from him. Mark Borowiecki, um, he's kind of that quote-unquote warrior type guy, but he's a bottom-pairing D, right? These are the knowns on the blue line. Other than that, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, with, with all due respect to Cody Ceci, really like his upside. I think he, he he's playing as a four right now, and that's fine. But what this team really needs, they need a three. They need somebody in their second pair that can consistently play with young Cody Ceci, who, who is going to be a very good player in this league. They tried Jared Cowan. They're, it's time to cut bait there uh, at some point. I, I'm sure he would like a change of scenery. It's just not working. He continues to struggle. Patrick Weirkosh had the phenomenal end of last season, uh, so much so by the end of the year, uh, Hockey Canada came calling, and, and he represented Canada at the World Hockey Championships. He's had a bad year. Chris Wiseman's a rookie defenseman. He's coming along. But to me, the, the gaping hole in this team right now is in that three hole on the blue line. Okay, interesting stuff. Well, probably a, a lot of teams in that category too like you said right so that that's the that's the challenge is finding well, that guy and what do you give up for him well that's the thing like we all nitpick and i'm sure you do the same thing with in edmonton right we it's a team you watch every day and we'll we'll pick it apart and this is the hole here and this is the hole here but look at the league there are very few teams in the league that are excellent teams right now there's a lot of teams just in the slush right mm -hmm. a lot and, and ottawa's right there ottawa could you know get a little run here and they'll be right back in the playoff contention and the next week maybe not and there's so many teams like that in the nhl parity is here everybody has little holes on their team they can go on little runs and this is kind of what gary bettman wanted i guess but you know ottawa's just like so many other teams in the league some nights you know they beat la twice this year beat Chicago um, played very well then go on runs and they bail out all these goals so it, it's I hate this saying but it is what it is Steve Lloyd joining us host of in the box on TSN 1200 in Ottawa you mentioned uh, you know Ottawa being in this huge sort of bunch bunch of teams and what's interesting right now maybe not in a good way is you have the seven Canadian teams seven slots in a row in the overall mm -hmm. standings. Unfortunately, those slots are 22nd through 28th from Montreal right down to Edmonton, separated by seven points. Who's going to be the best Canadian team by the end of the season, Steve, and will it be enough to be in the playoffs? Funny, we talked about that on the show today, and I think it was actually our web poll question on our website. Um, and myself and my, uh, my, my co-host, Todd White, um, both said Montreal, with the caveat based on we expect Carey Price is going to play at some point. Then, I don't know if you've seen the video yet, it comes out, Carey Price laboring today, not looking good skating around a tracksuit. Like, Eat doesn't look good for Habs fans that he's coming back anytime soon. So I might want to revise that. Right now, if you're asking me, is there going to be a Canadian team to make the playoffs? If, if, if you force me to put money on it, I'd say none wow. <laughs> at, at this point. I would. Like, it's, you know, you just look at the way it's shaping up right now. Like, Vancouver's what, only two or three points out, but... You look at that division, look how Anaheim's really starting to heat up. San Jose's playing better. It's it's going to be tough for them. Uh, Calgary's well behind. Edmonton's well behind. Winnipeg is well. Ottawa and Montreal are equally out of the playoffs right now. Then you've got the Leafs, who are well behind them. So it, it doesn't look good for any Canadian teams at this point to make the postseason. Yeah, well, I, I'm with you there. And, and I would say, sure, Montreal, if they get their guy back, just like how Edmonton yeah. got its guy back. But, uh, yeah, I think the gap is just – you know, I think the Oilers got a chance to pass Calgary, Winnipeg, and Toronto, even though there's some oh, games and hand oh, yeah. issues there. But yeah, to, yeah to, I think so. But to claw all the way back up into the playoffs, uh, 
just uh, might be too much. Steve, a couple, couple more for you here before I, I let you get your skates on for your game. Uh, I, I assume fans there have noticed that Connor McDavid is back in the lineup and is going to be playing against the Senators tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, people are excited. Uh, Connor McDavid, he's, he, he's become uh, – he's must-see TV, and, and he proved it right out of the game. I watched the game last night. I watched the Sens game, right, because uh, that's a team I cover. But that game's over. I flipped over, and I started about – you know, you get the center ice package. You want to flip around, and watch games. I stop on the Edmonton game because Connor McDavid's playing. You know, he, he's the kind of guy you, you want to see and you have to see. And boy, he didn't disappoint last night. Maybe he scored the best goal that we're going to see in the league this year in his first game back since early November. So there's going to be a buzz in the building tomorrow. Absolutely, that the Oilers are in town and Connor McDavid's in town. Everybody's looking forward to it. All right, and I want to ask you about a guy who, during his tenure here in Edmonton, became. Uh, you know, maybe the most popular oil king of the modern day era. Obviously, played on some great teams, which always helps your popularity. What's the update on uh, Curtis Lazar? A really hardworking young man. Always found him very pleasant to deal with, and then he turns into an absolute assassin on the ice. <laughs> How's his set yeah. of his career going? Well, yeah, it's funny that with hockey players, right? There's so many nice guys in the game, and it's amazing how they can just turn the switch when they get on the ice, and you have to be able to do that. But, you know, my dealings with Curtis, and you said it all, Curtis Lazar, how do you not like this kid? You, you meet him, he's, he's so courteous to everybody, he's a likable fella. Uh, you root for him, right? You know, you work in the media, you're not supposed to be like, but I want him to do well. Like, I, I want him to, 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 to find his game, and he is, he is still struggling. Uh, it really disappoint. It's disappointing for himself that he hasn't been able to produce offensively, nowhere near where he he's been able to do at, at the junior level as of yet. Uh, he was so excited heading into the season. Unfortunately, it's just not coming for him. He'll he'll have some good games. It's the work ethics there. It's always there. He's always finishing hits. You can you can see what he is. He's he can still contribute because he's not scoring. But in what weighs on him that he's not able to help produce offensively, especially now. He's getting more of a, a little more of a role. He's playing his natural center ice position now because of the injury to Kyle Turris. You know, and that's a big story for the Senators right now. They, too many veteran players are hurt, but that's opportunity, right? And Curtis Lazar is one of these younger players that is getting more of an opportunity in the lineup right now, and we'll see if he can take advantage of it. But, you know, I, I know it does weigh on him that he hasn't really been able to produce offensively to the level that he thinks he can. All right, Steve. Well, I know you're going to produce tonight in your beer league game. I want at least a hat trick. All right, buddy? Always, always, you know it. That is Steve Lloyd checking in from TSN 1200 in Ottawa. The Sens having some struggles. We'll see if the Oilers can exploit them tomorrow night, 4 o'clock. The broadcast will start on 6.30, Chet. The game's at 5.30. Big weekend ahead for the U of A Golden Bears. We'll see if they can get out of a little bit of a rut they've been in. Levko Koper coming up after the news. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. J.C. Sheriff and the Eskimos, free agency coming up next week. The CFL schedule will come out later this month as well. Boy, more tough times for officials in Calgary. Of course, Dennis Weidman suspended 20 games for hitting a linesman last, last week. Tonight, 
Mike Lego hit in the face with a puck. Derek England cleared it. So, uh, yeah, that's been a uh, tough spot for the Zebras lately. We can tell you that the Flames and the Hurricanes are now into the second period. 1-1 is the score. The Sabres beat the Canadians 4-2. Mentioned how the Canadians have just won five of their last 26 games. The Lightning lead the Red Wings 3-1 late in the third period. By the way, the new design on the NHL website, awful. In a word, it, it is awful. That seems to be the trend with professional sports leagues when they redesign their websites. It ends up being worse than it was before. Because yeah, I mean, I hate to sound like one of the guys, oh, I just hate change, but this is not a good change. Yeah, didn't the CFL change their website around before the Grey Cup? And well, a lot they of people cha- were... didn't they change it right after the Grey Cup? Yeah. It was Grey Cup week weekend, either way, Cup. but yeah. So I haven't spent as much time on it, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right. The scoreboard, by the way, presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can call 310-GLASS today. 8.35 is the time of day. In this time slot tomorrow, we have Oilers Hockey. Friday, it'll be inside sports from a special location, from Claire Drake Arena, as the U of A Golden Bears take on the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. Big weekend for the Bears, and I'm pleased to welcome Alberta forward Levko Koper back to Inside Sports. Levko, thanks for making time for me again, man. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you again. Well, this is, uh, is this year five for you, man? Are you, are, is, the, is the end in sight one way or the other? Yeah, the end is near, sadly. It's been a great five years, but uh, this is definitely the last year. Yeah, what, I mean, does does that ever hit you at some point, or do you find yourself looking around the rink a little bit, thinking, okay, I got this many games, this many shifts left, stuff like that? Yeah, a little bit. It's getting it's gonna hit me soon. Um, I'm trying not to think about it. Uh, trying to just you know take it week by week, but uh, it's definitely gonna hit me. Last home game of the year is gonna be pretty hard on me. Yeah, for sure. Well, you've been a great Golden Bear. You've scored some big goals at nationals, obviously. Did, didn't you have a shorthanded goal in both of the last two national finals? Yeah, I did. Uh, got pretty lucky on those ones. Well, I don't think it's all luck, Levko. Come on. <laughs> uh, your your ability might have had something to do with it. Are you not a Are you a Southside Athletic Club kid? Yeah, I yeah I played with them for a while as well. Uh, that's where it started, and uh, yeah, I did some good years there as well. No, Bantam Triple A. Uh, I'm trying to remember here. Did your team go to the Westerns at one year? Yeah. I went to, actually with Jordan Rowley on our team. He, we uh, we both went to Westerns. We lost in the finals, actually, sadly. Lost in the finals in, in Westerns. What was your regular season record? Do you remember? Uh, I think we lost maybe one game that year. Oh, uh, wow. Pretty good team there. Who was your coach? Taylor Harnett. Oh, okay. So uh, were there any other CIS guys on your team or any guys that went pro? Um, Jeez. Um... Not really. There's a lot of guys who play major junior hockey, um, but I don't think anyone else is on CIS. I'd have to. It's been a while. I haven't looked at our roster. <laughs> I'm asking you to look back on your teens. I know it's difficult yeah. for me too, Lefko. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you played with the Spokane Chiefs, and as we mentioned, now your fifth year with the Alberta Golden Bears. Uh, three more points. You'll have your best season ever in a Bears uniform with four games left to go in the season. It, it is a little odd, though, to talk about a Bears team that at this time of the year is in third place in Canada West and has lost five of their last uh, eight games. What's been happening here in the 2016 part of the season, Lev? I mean, we're playing well. We're doing a lot of things right. But I think sometimes in games we let off 
the gas. Um, we can easily, you know, put teams, put ourselves ahead of teams by three or four goals. Instead, we just keep it one goal games. And then uh, we just put up a lot of pressure on our goalies to make those big saves in the third period. And it just bites us in the end. So I think uh, we just got to play a full 60. And, you know, and, and uh, another thing lately has been just the first period. You know, we've been getting down two or three goals. And we've been just spending all our effort just to try and tie the game up. So we definitely need to work on our starts. And, uh, I mean, we're playing good hockey, but we've got to do a, the full full package and play as a team together. Well, because you guys are still usually out shooting teams and often out shooting teams quite badly, are you not? Yeah, definitely. I know we're the averages were, you know, averaging about 50 more or, or so a game. But I think the thing we're doing is we may be not getting in front of their goalie, giving him some easy shots to save and build his confidence up. And then we put our goalies, you know, we don't give them any shots. So when we, the ones we do give are maybe a breakaway here or there or just a point blank shot in the slot. So I think we just got to worry about, you know, maybe just keeping their shots to the outside. And that's one of the things that's hurt us lately. All right, Levko Koper from the Golden Bears joining us. They'll play Saskatchewan this weekend, 7 o'clock Friday, uh, 6 o'clock Saturday at Claire Drake Arena. A Saskatchewan team that is 21-3. You guys are 15-7-2. You're ranked 7th. The Huskies are ranked number 1 in the entire country. So if there's ever a weekend to get it going, this this would be it. You know, it's funny, Levko, for so long it was Alberta and Saskatchewan, and I guess at the start of your career it would have been that way. Calgary kind of supplanted the Huskies as your chief challenger in the conference the last couple of years, but now it looks like that Saskatchewan program is rolling again. Yeah, you know, it was my first year. We played, we lost them in uh, playoffs. Actually, I missed the net in front, uh, a pretty important shot, you know, my first year, and I don't forget that. So, uh, I mean, it's it's different, you know, being the underdog here, I guess, this weekend, you could say. Uh, we're, our team's definitely looking forward to it. We're trying to, you know, prove some people wrong. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be an exciting weekend for us. Now, if, I, if I'm looking at the standings right, Saskatchewan is going to finish first. You guys will either you're, – you're basically playing to try to pass Mount Royal for second and get a first-round bye? Yeah, that's pretty much the plan right now. All right. Um, what are the games against Saskatchewan like now that you've played them, you know, probably a couple dozen times over, over your career? Is there something extra to those games? Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, Two years ago, we hit their pucks into their bench in the warm-ups, and uh, you know they're firing slap shots across the ice in warm-ups. And then, so it's just kind of like one of those, those uh, like the slap shot movie where there's kind of like a fight going to break out before the game even starts. So that's kind of what it's like. It's been like ever since then. Uh, you know, we 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 respect each other. You know, two good teams going at it, but. Well, we definitely don't like each other. There's a lot of mind. Okay, so was that was that wasn't the national final when that happened, was it, or was that a regular season game? That was just a regular season game. Okay, but, uh, it's still people still remember. So you knocked the pucks off the top of the boards into their bench. Yeah, it wasn't me. I was a teammate, but okay. yeah, it uh, started a feud that game, and uh, it's been going on ever since. Oh wow! Well, that's uh, that always adds a little bit of fun to the festivities, doesn't it? Uh, Huskies in town to face the Golden There's uh, this weekend. Okay, so 7 o'clock on uh, Friday, 6 o'clock on Saturday, and then who do you have the next weekend? Uh, that'd be Mount Royal. And that'll be a home-and-home. Home. Yeah. And they're a good team too, which surprised me, because they came up out of ACAC. Yeah, yeah, they, they work hard, and uh, yeah, they're definitely a good team this year. 
Okay. Well, Levko, it's been great having you on the show. All the best against the Huskies. I get a nice bonus on Friday because I get to work and watch you guys at the same time. So uh, hopefully it's a good one when Inside Sports is there. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. And uh, my brother said he'll pay me 20 bucks if I say his name, so Tyler Coper. <laughs> That's the easiest 20 bucks you ever made. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Levko. Well, actually, uh, he's got a blog. It's called Eat Love Fashion Blog. He said he gave me 50 bucks. I mentioned that as well. Eat Love Fashion? Blog, yeah. Is it fashion or passion? Uh, Eat Love Fashion Blog. I think he's on Instagram. So what is it about? Food, uh, love making, and clothes? And yeah. That's what he's all about. <laughs> all right. Well, maybe I'll get to meet him on Friday, but we'll leave okay. out the lovemaking part. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for helping him out. <laughs> okay, Lefko. Thanks for joining us tonight. Lefko Coper from the U of A Golden Bears, which one of the most delightfully unexpected endings to an interview you could ever have. He just made 70 bucks. If it was it's only, just that easy. If it was only that easy for all our guests. Absolutely. No kidding. <laughs> having a good night <laughs> i love that how he didn't even like work it into the conversation you know i asked him about his 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 bantam hockey years he could have said yeah i used to play hockey all the time and my uh my brother tyler would come and uh, watch all the time he could have made the 20 bucks that way yeah but instead i'm winding down the interview and he's just like hey, wait, wait a minute uh I, I my brother's gonna give me 20 bucks if i mention his name tyler <laughs> coper okay there, there we go, we go. I guess we got to check out his blog too. Eat, love, fashion. Yeah. Over on Instagram, apparently. Or on Instagram, or, yeah. or well, I think he said it was a blog too. Didn't yeah. He? Okay. Well, on well, both devices. Well, I guess we got something to do during the commercial now. I guess so. Inside Sports on six thirty, Chad. It is eight forty four. We'll take a quick time out. You'll hear a little bit more from uh, Mike Riley, your Eskimos quarterback, when we get back. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Just want to read the statement here from the NHLPA about Dennis Weidman's 20-game suspension. It reads, we strongly disagree with the league's decision to suspend Dennis Weidman. Dennis has played in 11 NHL seasons and almost 800 games without incident. The facts, including the medical evidence presented at the hearing, clearly demonstrate that Dennis had no intention to make contact with the linesman. An appeal has been filed on the player's behalf. All right. So this will be appealed. I imagine it will be reduced from 20 games. We'll see how far it goes down. Uh, also presented during the uh, hearing today, or I guess the hearing was yesterday, that Weidman uh, was concussed after being a hit in the game against the Predators. So interesting situation. If it does stand with 20 games, uh, it'll cost them $564,000. Man, crazy stuff. A couple other notes here. Roger Federer announcing via his website that he has had knee surgery. He's expected to miss two tournaments. 34-year-old underwent arthroscopic surgery after injuring his knee last Friday, a day after his Australian Open semifinal loss to Novak Djokovic. All right. 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. Oilers and Senators tomorrow, 4 o'clock face-off show, 5.30 for the drop of the puck. We could start promoting Eskimos games in a couple of weeks because the CFL schedule will come out later on this month. The Eskimos defending Grey Cup champions with an entirely new coaching staff. We talked a lot about that on the show on Monday as they uh, rolled out the new coaches 
And uh, Mike Riley, Great Cup MVP, your quarterback in town today, talked about having a new offense with Jason Moss calling the plays. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see once we get on the field, uh, you know, what some of the, the different changes are and things like that. Um, you know, he's studying under Milanovic just as McAdoo did. So structurally, the offenses are similar. But what I've found is every coach that learns in that system, takes things that they like, and then adds in other things of their own that they design, um, and they all end up being you know, fairly different. Um, even though the terminology is very similar, um, the structures can be quite a bit different. And just some of the, the things that we've talked about in the limited time that we've discussed the offense, um, you know, I, I couldn't be more excited to get out there and run it. Well, that, that's going to be interesting because if there was one complaint about the team through most of the year, That the, the even later on in the season when they were in the middle of the winning streak, there was still a lot of oh, the offense makes too many mistakes, you know they they don't, they don't help out the defense enough, all that kind of stuff. So and and I do I do think the Eskimos offense wasn't varied this season. It seemed to me that they they ran about four plays and just got to the point that they ran them really well. Now, part of that, I think, was that they didn't really have a running back. I mean, John White got hurt in the preseason. Who did they all go through, Kellen? They had Chad Simpson. They had uh, Shakir Bell, right? Yeah. Uh, they, uh, they had somebody else they used, and then they had Akeem Shavers. I can't even remember the names of all the running backs. Yeah, it was a... And then it was Akeem Shavers in the playoffs, mm-hmm. who did a good job, but I mean, yeah. he basically was just an Eskimo. For the last month of the season, mm-hmm. I, I, so I, I and now and another another interesting thing about the, the Eskimos team is is they became the the type of team, and, and they made the type of plays that they were defending against. And when we interviewed Mike Benavides the other day, the new defensive coordinator and assistant head coach, he says you have to be a defense that doesn't give up the explosion play. You might give up two, three, four first downs. But you got to make the offense chip away, and eventually they're, they're probably going to make a mistake or have a negative play, and you'll force a punt, right? Whereas the Eskimos were a team that often got the explosion play. And probably no better example of that than in the West Final against Calgary, where they got a couple you know, longer touchdowns, catch and run, one by Stafford, one by Bowman, and then they got that long bomb kill shot to Darrell Walker right at the start of the fourth quarter. So... Yeah, the Eskimos became a team that, you know, would kind of grind out the yardage and then would be able to get the kill shot. And even even in the Grey Cup, on the on the drive that produced the winning points, they threw a couple of long passes that weren't completions but resulted in pass interference calls. So you're still getting the yardage. So they, they kind of became this explosion play team that maybe didn't consistently gain 7 to 12 yards at a time, but you know, who could get a couple first downs and then get some points on the board. So it'll be interesting to see if it's a, if it's a little more varied with Jason Moss calling the plays because I, I still think that there, there wasn't enough tacking, uh, attacking of that mid-range part of the field where you gain 12 to 17 yards with a throw. There was a lot of shorter throws and then, and then let's toss it deep. Now, it worked. Here I am being one of the people I was joking about early in the season. I'm complaining about a championship team. But uh, you can always get better, right? Went 14-4. and four. Now you got to go 18-0. and 0. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> here's my rule on that. Is it's officially a brand new year. As of January 1st, we went from 15 to 16. So now the 2015 team, you can critique the 2015 team because that's a past Eskimos team now. Just like you do with like the 1999 team or 
you know, a team that wasn't as good like in 07 or something. Right. You know? Uh, Riley, enthusiastic about the upcoming season and the new coaching staff. Well, I mean, there's going to be things that everybody learns along the way. And, and I've said since the time that I started playing football as a veteran or a rookie, if you're not learning and you're not getting better, it's probably time to hang them up. So um, it doesn't matter if we if we had our old staff here, we would still be trying to get better and trying to learn things. But, you know, there's going to be adjustments that we're going to have to make as players that I'm sure our staff is going to have to make as coaches and figure out what the best way is for all of us to work together. Um, but again, the systems are very similar. And on the offensive side, I've spent a lot of time already with that coaching staff. Um, and, and I can't emphasize enough how excited I am to get to work with them, the passion that they bring and the knowledge that they bring. And again, the resume speaks for itself. You know, uh, what Moss was able to do with Ottawa last year in that offense was pretty remarkable, especially if you look at, at the struggles that they had the year prior. So um, there's no debate about whether he can do it. And now, again, it's on the players to go out there and, and execute the plays that are being called. Um, but we have confidence in our locker room that we have the right guys to make that happen. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I, I played for Coach Benavides, and he was a D coordinator when I first went to BC, and then he was a head coach for me uh, before I left for Edmonton. So I have a good rapport and a good relationship with him, and I know what type of hard worker that he is and how he gets along with the guys and how he's able to implement things that put our guys in good positions. And that's that's what it's all about, is just figuring out what your team's the best at and, and making sure that you're able to showcase that on the field. All right, the full Mike Riley media availability today can be found on the Eskimos page on 630ched.com. Always a well-spoken and thoughtful interview is Mike Riley, so make sure you check that out when you have time. All right, final look at the scoreboard here before we pack it in for the evening. Calgary and Carolina still tied 1-1. Nine minutes left in the second period. The Flames are working on a power play. Earlier tonight... It was the Montreal Canadiens losing again, uh, this time 4-2 to the Buffalo Sabres. The Lightning defeating the Detroit Red Wings by a score of 3-1. We have an Oilers game on this channel tomorrow night. Actually, it'll start in the afternoon, 4 o'clock for the City Ford Faceoff Show. 5.30 for the drop of the puck. Oilers opening up a four-game road trip against the Ottawa Senators. They'll be in Montreal on Saturday. They'll face the Islanders on Sunday. It'll close out against the New Jersey Devils on Tuesday. I believe that's the night they're retiring Broder's number, isn't it? So, yeah, that'll be a little extra special thing for that mm -hmm. game. Flames just scored here, Giordano, to put them up 2-1. Uh, so that's your upcoming Oilers schedule. Then they're going to be home for a while after that. Man, you know what? There's a little bit of hope. Maybe a little bit uh, more reason to watch McDavid back in the lineup. Nothing wrong with being excited. Nothing wrong with enjoying what that young man can accomplish on the ice. I want to thank Kellen Kennedy tonight, who is your studio producer. Kellen, great work, buddy. No problem. Let's tell, do this all again on Friday night after tell, the Oilers game, eh? Tell you what, tomorrow I want you to barge into Sid Smith's office and ask for a raise. Like barge in, like storm into the office. Do I get to use my uh, foot and beat down the door like I, Arnold? I want you to be like J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies. Paca! The good, the good ones. Uh, Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. Congratulations to Dave and Jen Campbell. Noah Campbell. Born yesterday. Woo! Big Daddy Dave. Sid Smith is the executive producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always a pleasure to deliver this show to you. I'll talk to you at 4 tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night.